This is How Did I Get This Far, a podcast tackling the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? It's 420 today. Do you know what that means? I didn't know what that meant before either, but it's time to find out, how did I smoke weed this far? If you are in the weeds when it comes to understanding cannabis, then I highly recommend you stick around for this episode. Growing our knowledge on all things marijuana is our ultimate cannabis connoisseur, Dr. Dina. Dr. Dina is a cannabis industry specialist who received that nickname from none other than Snoop Dogg for being one of the first to advocate for safe access to medical marijuana in Southern California. She was also the inspiration behind the lead character, Nancy Botwin, on the show Weeds and nicknamed Queen of Medical Marijuana in LA by Rolling Stone, Dr. Dina has consulted with countless celebrities, VIPs, dispensaries, and businesses across the country, and for TV shows like Disjointed, Mom, and Sons of Anarchy. She also co-owns Alternative Herbal Health Services, the oldest continually operating dispensary in the United States, which has been named the best dispensary in LA by High Times and LA Weekly Magazine. Not to mention, she also hosts the popular podcast Cannabis Confidential on Cannabis Radio. You are a true, dare I say, trailblazer in the industry. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is what a quite an introduction I got there. Uh, yeah, the one and only Snoop Dogg gave me the nickname Dr. Dina because I actually opened the first doctor's office uh, in Southern California and I specialized in medical recommendations. And so it was the first of the kind, you know, it, was, it went from Snoop being an outlaw to a legal patient overnight. And therefore I received the nickname Dr. Dina, but not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure we're clear. However, that is a very cool nickname from a very cool person. So that's a very fun fact. Um, but yeah, you have such a big resume when it comes to this topic. I have very minimal knowledge, I'll be totally honest. So um, wh where else did this like passion, this draw to have such a big resume in this industry, where did that come from? You know, it, it was just about the plant. I've always believed in the cannabis plant, that it was a, a miracle plant, that it helped people feel better. I knew that when I had stomach problems and I used cannabis, my stomach problems would go away and I felt like a much better person. I felt in control as opposed to alcohol, where I felt very much out of control. And with that said, I, I just felt like we have something really special here. And I, I want to research more. When I was 18, on my 18th birthday, I was pulled out of class my senior year in high school uh, by the police because my best friend had gone missing a week before. And they were there to tell me that he most likely was murdered and was not coming back. Now, it's been 28 years. I have solved this mystery 28 years later because I read a friend's manuscript and the story of what happened was in that manuscript. And I recognized it, even though they changed the names, I knew it, like I've now figured this out. But essentially my, my friend went to go buy some, a quarter pound of weed from someone and ended up murdered. And this is because we didn't have safe access. It was a different mm -hmm. time. And so I always knew I wanted to make sure that I built a place that people could go, that they felt safe, that they could acquire their cannabis. They're not going to get killed. It's just free, you know, free open market. They can walk in and it's safe. And that was really important to me from the beginning. 
and making sure that sick people had access to cannabis. It wasn't until a friend of mine who was diagnosed with cancer reached out to me and he basically wanted to kill himself because he had no health insurance. He had no life insurance. He had $50,000 to his name and he was paying out of pocket for chemo. He was throwing up his pills and because he was throwing up his pills, he wasn't getting the the medicine in him. It it was really sad to watch him. Like he was essentially dying in front of us. I I brought over cannabis because he wanted me to give him a pistol. He asked for a gun. I'm like, this is crazy, man. And so um, I brought him a joint instead and he immediately stopped throwing up. He was hungry. Uh, He kept food down for the first time in weeks. And it was pretty much like at that point, we've realized like, or at least I realized this is a really special plant and I need to be involved in, in however it is, making sure people who are sick having getting access to this. And uh, here we are 19 years later. Wow. Well, good on you for not following directions with that friend. That's amazing that you were able to make such a big change and that it's motivated you. All these crazy stories you just shared motivated you to do something good. I think it's especially important with this topic, too, because there's so much heated conversation around it if it's a good thing or a bad thing that this exists. So totally going to talk about it more because I still am trying to figure out like how to make sense of it as well. Um, So it sounds like we, we have a lot to cover. Before we go into more of my questions, I just want to do a quick myth buster. So I always thought the phrase 420, and you're probably going to be like, that's so stupid. I thought it was like a police code for, oh, we got a marijuana case. Um, But I was actually talking to my friend who helps edit these episodes. So shout out to Mickey for casually mentioning this to me. Her college friend's uncle was apparently a part of this high school group that they met. He was a Waldo. Yeah, yeah. And he... Is this is this true that yeah. like a group of guys they had a secret code they would always smoke at four twenty is that is that where it's from Yes, they were a group called the Waldos out in uh, Marin, I believe it was like Berkeley area, and they would meet after school at four twenty at this statue, and that was their thing that was their code, and somehow this code had spread like wildfire all over the world, and it's pretty incredible. There is no police code four twenty. Oh my gosh. I don't... That, that's for cannabis, at least. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we officially busted that myth because I was so <laughs> sure. I even texted her. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a police code. And then she sent me this article. She's like, nope, actually, this is like the only thing I know about pot. <laughs> but that's where it's from. So funny. But but she was right. Mickey, shout out to Mickey. Mickey was right. It's the Waldos. <laughs> Uh, All right. So we're going to dispense some more knowledge. Oh, my puns are getting worse. We'll start with just what it is, right? So how is it made? How is it grown? What exactly is it that everyone's obsessed with? What is cannabis? What is cannabis? It's a amazing plant that grows naturally uh, on this earth. And we have found this plant. It comes in thousands of varieties. And uh, we have basically learned to crossbreed these different varieties and come up with even more varieties. And it is a medicine. I mean, just like so many different plants out there are something, the basis of a medicine. Uh, someone asked me, well, they said cocaine is a, it's from a plant. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the difference? Well, cocaine is highly processed into this powder. It's not, you know, when you grow cannabis, there's a bud, you take the bud. Sure, you can process the bud. You can juice the leaves. You can turn it into hash. You can make that oil, make edibles with it. So it's, 
you know, it's a very interesting plant that can be used just like a tea. You're brewing, you know, leaves and you're making a tea. You can do the same thing with cannabis. Okay. You mentioned that there's different ways that it can be made. So I know those are like different strains too. Mm-hmm. What are those different ones? Because I know, you know, I always heard the phrase like indica means indica couch. So it's like more of a sedative or so I honestly, like I'm telling you, I really don't know. You know it's really about. funny. I believe that everybody, it's about your personal chemistry and it affects you differently. For most people, indicas, they'll say indica couch because it's relaxes you. It kind of sticks you there. You feel a little couch locked is the saying. Where sativas, you get more of a cerebral high, but it, that's actually not the case. Indica plants, are they just happen to grow differently from sativa. You can actually see them when they're growing and tell the difference. Indica have fatter leaves, they're shorter. Uh, they just grow differently where sativa are, are real thin, uh, long and skinny and lanky and they kind of stretch out. Um, they just grow very differently, but the reality is the compounds within that plant are all the same. It's THC, you know, it's all these different compounds we have yet to even study with all these terpenes. And so it's really about the different terpene profiles mixed with the THC and the CBD that give it that high. And I have cousins who will smoke the same thing as me and will have a completely different reaction. Something that's for me, an indica that will put me to sleep will make my cousin like bounce off the walls and get Mm -hmm. hyper and have a sativa effect. So it's just, it's about personal chemistry. Okay. So you, you mentioned actually um, two, three letter abbreviations that I would love clarification on because once CBD became super popular, I was like, wait, what's the difference between that and like weed or THC? So I'm assuming THC is the thing that's making people have that reaction that they're looking that's for. That's what gives you the, the euphoria. The, okay. THC gives you the euphoria. And when people say, oh, I'm high and not to scare people from a high, Because the euphoria you get from THC is actually the same type of euphoria you get after you go for a nice jog and Ah. you feel that really good feeling and you're just like, I got this. That's the same high. You're not like on crack drooling on yourself high. It's different. Even using the word high isn't really beneficial for the plant cannabis because it's not that type of drug. THC is what what actually cerebrally will, will get you there where a CBD, there's no uh, psychotropic effect, which is CBD is cannabidiol. And it is a non-psychoactive compound in the plant and is, is very beneficial. People are using it right now. I'm hearing when they're taking their vaccines, people who use CBD after they get their shots aren't showing uh, as many side effects, which is kind of interesting. It's, it's a neuroprotectant. You know, it's funny. I, my next question was going to be what exactly does it help with and what it affects? And it sounds like that was one I didn't even see coming when it comes to the vaccine. All right, cool. What yeah. else? You know, obviously you found a lot of medical uses for it. What are some of the Oh, yeah. Ones? CBD is a pretty incredible. Well, with THC together killing cancer, unless you have a uh, female reproductive cancer that is an estrogen type cancer, And then I would say no THC at all, uh, only CBD, Mm -hmm. um, because there's some studies that show that THC can actually, is worse for that type of cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're learning so many different things, but CBD is a neuroprotectant. It's helped people uh, after they've had Alzheimer's or been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or strokes. And it's just kind of helping make, uh, making these connections in the brain again, building these connections again, which is amazing. Whoa. 
That is so cool. What about like the the negative? Like, are there negatives? Like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've had some really bad experiences with weed, but those are just temporary experiences. Are there is there anything that actually is negatively affecting? Well, I mean, everyone can say like they've had a bad experience if you use too much or the wrong product. Mm -hmm. And for me, I tend to not do edibles because edibles is for me is the route to overdoing it because once you put it in, you can't, it's hard to take it out. Mm -hmm. And when you're smoking, it processes differently through your lungs, as opposed to when you eat it, it's going through your liver, your pancreas, it's different. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're getting way higher. At least I do. I get way higher. I, I am such a lightweight when it comes to edibles. I can eat like a five milligram gummy and pass out for like three hours mm-hmm. immediately where I can take a gram of concentrates and, and vaporize it and I'm fine. Yeah. My biggest experience that I was kind of referencing here was an edible. It was a brownie. Yes. Uh, somebody had that as a grab bag at a um, Christmas party And I'm not gonna lie, that brownie was so delicious. So I ate the whole brownie and nothing happened at first. And so the guy who brought it came up to me. He's like, hey, I'm about to head out. Like, uh, you know, how how are you feeling? I was like, oh, I don't feel anything yet. And he's like, how much did you have? And I said, I had a whole brownie. And he goes, oh, you're about to get effed up. Gotta go, bye. And then (laughs) like, oh my gosh, I had the spins and then projectile vomited. So I know that the problem was user error. That's the problem with edibles. And and now in California, at least there are little, they, they break them off into little doses. So you can kind of prevent yourself from uh, overdoing it. Where back in the day, it was like, we'd have a thousand milligram brownie right. it was up to you to cut. And what's also really interesting is if you make them yourself, make a batch of brownies with cannabis, butter, or oil, you're not going to have perfectly dosed brownies because the oil is going to congeal together. Mm. And out of that sheet, let's say you make nine or 12 brownies, one of them in the corner is going to be like the massive dose brownie. They're just, it's just the way it is. And a lot of people will eat the brownie and maybe they don't feel anything because they didn't even get to the oil yet. Like it's, it's on one corner of the brownie. It just kind of congeals. So unless you're like emulsifying it, it's not, it's not going to be perfectly distributed throughout nowadays they are like this state tests each piece and it has to be exactly that dose or it doesn't pass testing it has to be destroyed or remediated which is crazy yeah well I don't think these brownies were to actually no it's my fault I ate the whole brownie that's just my doing I have no limit when it comes to eating brownies (laughs) drink a glass of milk when that happens if you have too much drink some milk it'll bind a lot of the THC into the fat of the milk You'll probably be higher for longer than you planned, but you won't be as high all at one time. Oh my gosh. That quote alone just is a big deal. Thank you for that big piece of advice. <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, so you, you kind of mentioned that smoking it is more preferable to you than consuming it as like an edible. Um, but I know there's a whole variety of ways to ingest um, marijuana. So Can you kind of go over like if there's a difference in the experience or it's just whatever the strain is and and there's different ways to have it? What what do all those options look like? Well, first I would say make it a habit, Amanda, of always calling it cannabis. Cannabis. Because marijuana has such a horrible stigma behind it and bad memories and bad juju Mm -hmm. and uh, the stigma of things that have happened in the past because of marijuana people went to jail because of marijuana right and in the future speaking about cannabis a lot of people who they don't even never they don't even know what cannabis is right but it's 
they're going to learn that it's marijuana, but it's this softer side of it. And okay. that's what we want to project to people. And we don't say uh, recreational. We hate those words uh, in the cannabis industry. We like to say adult use because it really is adult use. We're not recreational should be like a child going down a slide at a yeah. park, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't, they wouldn't have a margarita and a joint in their hand as they're going down the slide. Right. So yeah. that's like the one thing that's, that's really important to us is getting the words right. And it's such yeah, a habit because right. we've called it this for so long. Like yeah. I call it weed or pot or whatever. And, and I have to like rewrite my brain to call it cannabis, adult use cannabis, because it is a really special plant. And uh, for me, smoking it was something that I love to do. And over the past couple of years, I have asthma. My asthma got worse. And I noticed that my, my chest would feel really heavy at the end of the night. So I stopped smoking flowers and I started vaporizing cannabis oil, hash. Okay. Uh, people call it dabbing. I love that. I find that my lungs are just, they're lighter at the end of the day. I can get a greater hit. Like I don't need to smoke a whole joint. I can take a, a puff, like one dab and I'm good, I'm ready to go. So I, I find that to be the most efficient Plus, it's interesting. My neighbors made a comment to me recently about like, wow, you stopped smoking weed. I'm like, huh? And they go, yeah, it doesn't smell anymore. I'm like, oh, I'm actually way higher than I was before, but you just don't <laughs> smell it as much because <laughs> the smoke isn't there. You know, thank you for educating me on on the proper terminology. That's actually very interesting. I haven't heard anyone clarify because I, I actually Googled. I was like, is cannabis the same thing as marijuana? And the internet said yes, but it didn't really go into... Um, you know, why we would say cannabis now. Because that's what the actual plant's name is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, the plant name is a cannabis sativa, mm -hmm. cannabis indica. That's what the plant's called. Marijuana is a slang word mm. used to like, like to be anti-Mexican at mm. the time. I mean, it just say like all these immigrants were bringing marijuana. I mean, it's, so yeah, it's, it's a bad word. What about the other like slang words? Like, what are your thoughts on like weed, pot, Mary Jane? Like, do you, like, I don't know where any of them really came from. What are your thoughts? On I that? think it's okay. I, I, I don't think, you know, weed, pot, Mary Jane is a negative connotation unless you personally experienced a negative connotation. For me, mm -hmm. I haven't. It's always been like loving nicknames, but a lot of it was because we were kids and we couldn't say marijuana or cannabis in front of our parents so we had to come up with like different you know terminology and nowadays we don't have to do that anymore we can be open what is that biggest discussion about if it's legal or not like why do some people think it's bad and some people see it the way you do where it's medicinal and good so why why don't people see it the same way well there's it's it's really interesting amanda because you're dealing with there's the medical side of cannabis, which no one wants to talk about because it's not lucrative mm -hmm. because you're helping sick people and you can't make all this money taxing sick people and get away with that. That's just not going to work. Um, the laws that are, are popping up everywhere. Once we kind of got medical going, it's all going into adult use. I mean, this is getting to be big, but federally we're still illegal. Mm -hmm. Federally we're a schedule one drug lumped up with like heroin and, and cocaine and we can't take write-offs like a normal business because the IRS has a tax code called 280E, which was actually created to put away Al Capone, ironically, but it was basically stating that you can't take write-offs on your cost of goods on an illegal substance. You don't make as much profit as a business. It's very difficult to make any money the way that the federal government has this. 
lined up. That right there is why people think it's bad. They think it's good because they're going to make money. You know, the adult use coming in and the taxation is, is huge right. and getting people out of jail. Um, New York is doing that. Everyone who's in jail for cannabis is going to be expunged, their records expunged. And that's humongous. Yeah. And social equity, giving back an opportunity to people who are harmed by the war on drugs, to give it an opportunity to own a business. I mean, these are all exciting things. Yeah. Um, but sure, people still have a stigma attached to cannabis. And it's, it's not the younger people. The younger people are getting it now. It's the older people that the, the last generation to still be alive still has some stigma, whether, you know, I know a woman who didn't like cannabis because her brother went to Vietnam and used cannabis and came back from Vietnam and he wasn't the same. And she wants to blame cannabis for that. And I'm like, actually, I think it was the fact that he witnessed a horrific war and his friends being murdered around him that changed him. It's not the plant. And so people want, you know, they all find their reason to hate and uh, you just have to dig deep and see what it is. Wow. Like you were saying, it's kind of weird how it's, it's piled up with all these other drugs that were taught in school are all bad, which ironically though, like alcohol, we were also taught is bad. And yet that is like super available at that. I never really understood, but. Right. And it's, it's like so acceptable to like, at least, you know, when I was a kid and I'm Jewish and you have a Passover Seder or something and yeah. like kids take a sip, they take a sip of their first wine out of their parents' cup. You know, that's like a normal thing. Parents are like, okay with their 16 year olds having a beer at home, you know, a lot of them today. And it, I just find that really hypocritical because they would lose their shit if it was a joint. But that being said, okay, so like alcohol, we know is addictive. We know other drugs can be addictive. I've heard that cannabis is not addictive. Is that true? How is that one an exception? You know, I don't think it is addictive. I think anytime you find something that makes you feel good, I think it's a medicine. Mm. And I don't think it's fair to say you're addicted to your medicine when you're supposed to uh, take your medicine okay. to make you feel better. Um, I have used cannabis for years, um, you know, every day for back pain and other issues. But that if I have to travel somewhere and I don't have access to it for a week, I'm totally fine. Yeah. All right. I'm fine. My back hurts more. <laughs> and I think, oh, it would be nice if I had some cannabis. My back wouldn't hurt. Yeah. You know, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you have very positive experiences with it. Um, I know I've kind of mentioned a couple of strange ones for me, but I, I do have a listener question. Um, so from Stephanie, she said, why does weed give me so much anxiety? Yes, I've tried several strains and they still give me anxiety. So is there a way to change that? Is Should she try something different? Is it just not for her? What do you think? Uh, she actually probably needs something with a higher CBD ratio. I would probably say a one-to-one -one ratio. Uh, CBD tends to cancel out a lot of the THC. She might actually be producing enough cannabinoids in her body naturally mm. to where she doesn't really need cannabis. I know that I'm deficient in my cannabinoid receptors because of the way I feel when I use cannabis. I just feel whole. Um, mm. I feel like, like when I look outside, the trees are greener, the, the grasses, everything looks prettier when it's, you know, I'm using cannabis, music sounds better, food tastes better, uh, wow. conversation is more exciting. I feel like it just elevates life, but I don't feel like I need to have it mm -hmm. to do so, you know, yeah. but for her, I would say she's probably, you know, just needs more CBD 
and a higher CBD ratio and a lower THC. Okay. But there's an old trick oh. that I used to tell my bud tenders. Anyone can try this. It's harder these days because when you go into stores, you can't always smell the product. But if you can, I recommend doing so. And when you smell a cannabis strain that instinctively, when you smell it, you smile, mm. that is your brain saying that's your strain. Ooh, fun. Because I would show customers like patients, smell this, smell mm. this, smell this. And then all of a sudden they would go like, Mm. and I go that, that's it that's the one so it, it like triggers something in your brain and they always say wow that was you're right Dina that was the one it, that that worked for me do you have any other tips when it comes to actually purchasing it because I'll be honest I'm intimidated by the idea of purchasing it because of how much I obviously didn't know or even like how much you're supposed to buy how much it costs and there's nothing to be afraid of I mean obviously we have it's taxed uh you have your city tax you have your state tax you have your excise tax all these taxes right. but it's about how much do you want to spend and what do you how do you want to feel and the bud tenders hopefully are trained well enough to be able to point you in the right direction and Dennis Perone, who wrote Proposition 215, who created medical in California, which was the first state to ever do this. So he was a real pioneer and, and rest in peace, Dennis Perone. But he would always tell me that all use is medical use. And we cannot forget this. We have this plant here legalized in the state of California because of HIV and AIDS patients and cancer patients. That is why we had an AIDS epidemic and this is what was helping these people, these, these poor people that had this horrible, horrific disease were using cannabis to help their appetite, to stop pains, to get some rest. And it was so efficient for them. I mean, I have a friend in San Francisco who's been HIV, HIV positive. I think it's been 26 years. He's, it's undetectable now, wow. but he's used cannabis and it has helped him so much. And so we can't forget that that's why we're doing this, yeah. even though, sure, some people come in and you might not see a problem. And I judged once. I, there was a kid that came in, and I say kid loosely because he was 22 years old. And he was just this good looking guy. <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, I want the strongest shit you got. You know, I'm like, Oh, you just want to get high. Come on. He looked at me and he goes, Really? And he started to cry. And I go, Oh my God, I, I'm so sorry. He goes, You, you can't tell. And I said, tell what? He goes, that I have a glass eye. And I said, no. And he was so excited. He goes, I lost my eye in Iraq. He goes, I, I hit a roadside bomb and shrapnel went in my face and I have these horrible pains. He's like, I'm so happy you didn't, like, you can't tell. You thought I was normal. And I'm like, I felt so bad, but I judged. Mm -hmm. And you can never judge because you never know why that person is using cannabis. Mm -hmm. So even though you have to be careful and you can't promise that this product is going to help you sleep, this product will take away your cancer. What we can say is, what are you using the cannabis for? Is there a specific issue that we can help? And the more you tell us, the more we can guide you. For example, if you have cancer and you're very, very nauseous, we, we have learned over the years that smoking, the actual smoking of a joint or a pipe, this, the smoke will help the nausea. Like it just shuts it off. Um, edibles do not help the nausea. And, you know, there's just little things we've learned over, over years. So I would say definitely go in and make a friend at the bud tender at your favorite shop. And uh, they will definitely, they want to help you. They, they love their jobs. Great. That's very, very helpful. 
or I feel a little bit more confident. Thank you for your blunt advice today. Anytime. For those who want to follow more about your journey and everything that you're working on, how can people stay in touch with you? Anything else you want to share? Ah, yes. Well, I have a website, which is drdina420.com, D-R-D-I-N-A-420. I've been on Clubhouse and I do a show every Monday morning called Cannabis Confidentials Coffee Talk. Uh, (laughs) We have a club called Cannabis Confidentials, which is the same name as my podcast. So feel free to check it out. Chit chat with us, ask us questions. We have a bunch of amazing experts Uh, on the panel and women from all over the world, all over the US. Uh, We've just all come together to support one another. And of course the gentlemen too, we don't leave the boys out. And uh, you know, just uh, find me on my my website and on on Instagram, I'm on IG these days quite a bit. Shoot me a DM people. I love it. And yeah, actually uh, Clubhouse is great. It's actually how I first heard about you was I was in a Clubhouse room that you were on. I was like, oh my God, she's perfect. So thank thank you. you so much for coming along and you know we hit the jackpot with this interview okay sorry that's my last one nope actually got one more thank you all for tuning in and we will roll into another episode soon (laughs) bye everyone i hope this episode helped please subscribe rate and review to support the podcast and follow along for more hacks tips and failed attempts on instagram at how did i get this far pod well that's as far as we will get for now i'm amanda ogan thanks for listening